0: From the Asset Builder headquarters in Dallas, Texas, welcome to Keep It Simple, a show that discusses simple techniques and philosophies to help de-stressify investors around the world. I'm your host, Jared Herzog, and welcome to the show. And today, we'll be learning from investment advisor representatives Adam Morse and Janet Griffith. And today, we're talking about Social Security. Not exactly an exciting topic, but a crucial one to understand. There's a lot of intricacies and details, and there's also a lot of evolution. Social Security is an ever-changing entity, and it's up to us as retirees, and even if you're not close to retirement, to keep up with its changes and how those changes will affect us. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Keep it simple each and every week. You can rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, if you have any questions, suggestions for topics, or anything else, you can email us at podcast at All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get to the show.
1: Coming to you live from not only the Asset Builder headquarters, but the brand new in in progress, soon to be completed. Yes, Asset Builder Podcast Studio.
2: It looks <laughs>
0: incredible. I have to say, I'm looking around at it right now, and it will be soon seen by the public. Right,
1: very soon. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, in the next couple of weeks. We've been working in secret, quietly, but working very <laughs> hard and diligently on putting together this little studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, very soon we're gonna be we're gonna be recording these bad boys. So you've been you've been able to listen to
0: it. You're gonna get to see us. That's amazing, Shannon. What was the thought process that went behind? Uh, building a whole studio.
2: Oh, I don't know. I think it was just Adam <laughs> just said, uh, I have this vision and we're like, okay, well, we can, do. We can do that. Um, but work. yeah, no, it was just something Adam was super excited about. And so yeah. we just got behind it and we did it.
1: Yeah, no so, pressure. It's not like pressure or anything. Yeah. You know? It's just my idea If it doesn't work. It's we a, had no one's a fault space
2: within our office that wasn't being utilized and we just turned it into a, a studio.
0: Well, asset builders always worked on, always released content, good content yeah. for, for not only clients, but right. for everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is just another extension of that.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: I, mean, I just know how much I like watching. <laughs> no, I really do. Like oh. how, how much <laughs> I, I, I enjoy watching
1: myself. No, 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 obviously not. That would be absurd. <laughs> um, I just know how much I like watching podcasts and I like watching good conversations happen. Um, so it just seemed like the next logical step and you'd be surprised how you know we're a low cost shop so it's not like we're just resource unlimited around here and you'd be surprised these days how accessible it really is Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. in the context of a business this was nothing yeah to spend right so it just seemed like a good a good investment let's just mess around try it at the end of the day you know Mm -hmm. if only half our clients listen that's a win for us Yeah. yeah you know and hopefully we get to reach you know a little bit broader audience and so we're excited but this is this is the the vaden vaden Wow! Voyage—the end of the day. maiden voyage. This is <laughs> maiden the maiden, maiden voyage, voyage. of the studio, so we're excited. Yeah. It's it's fun for us. I so. do
2: think it's good. Our client. I'm hearing more and more of our clients say that they're listening to the podcast. Awesome. More of our more and more of our clients are mentioning that they're listening to the podcast. Yeah. So it's just another way to provide that education, information about what's going on in the finance world to them, and
1: yeah, so, it's a way to connect with folks. It's fun. all good. It's fun, too, at the end of the day. So, hey, that's worth something.
0: And they can contact you at any point. If they have any questions about what you're saying, they can literally email Mm -hmm. you directly. So, it's kind of cool. That's right.
1: Yep. That's right.
0: So, today we're talking about Social Security. We're taking it from the top to get a full-blown understanding about Social Security. Then we're going to talk about what's going on right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's you could say it's low hanging fruit in the sense that like, well, who doesn't understand social security, but at the end of the day, it's a really important for the vast majority of Americans. It's a super important part of their retirement and a super Mm -hmm. important part of anyone's financial life. So, um, I mean, I know before getting into this career, I certainly didn't know much about social security, even though, you know, I'm a ways away from it. I think it's helpful to have a broad understanding of it. And even it's, it's just interesting to look back at the history of it. A lot of things I didn't know about, you know, how it was founded and, kind of what it was initially intended to be. And then you just kind of watch this, like this mission creep, you know, mm-hmm. happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think it's interesting. So I think it'll be a good way to spend a couple minutes and, you know, talk about maybe what the future of social security might look
0: like. Cool. And we're going to try to stay away from politics on this one. Cause I know there's a lot yes. of opinions oh, yeah. <laughs> about social security. <laughs> we
2: do our best to avoid politics. Yeah
0: dangerous waters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dangerous waters. Miss Janet, uh, do you want to feel my first question? What is social security? Do you want to do? A, sure. Or, or a, so, this is usually Adam's deal, but okay, go for
2: it. Okay. So social security is in it. Basically it's an insurance that you're paying in, uh, out of your paycheck that with the idea being that what you're paying in will be paid back to you when you retire as retirement income. Um, that's a very general overview, but it was created back in 1935. President Roosevelt. There was just so much uh, poverty in our nation, especially in the elderly, when they couldn't work, they had no means to to pay for anything. So it was really created to to help kind of offset that. That was a big issue in our country at that time and so the intent was good and uh over time it has kind of evolved and changed into what it is now um well Mm -hmm. i don't want to get too far down the road with that but that's basically what it is so
1: yeah. Well, and I mean, think about what was going on in the country at that time, mm-hmm. you know, like signed in at 1935. Think about what a popular initiative this probably was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, tons of people struggling. This is literally the middle of the Great Depression. Yeah, mm-hmm. Of course, this was going to be a, a, a kind of a populist notion, an idea, and it passed very easily. Yeah. I mean, it, it went uniquely, it went straight to both houses at the same time. One of the only time that's ever happened with legislation. Now it still was approved in the right order, but it was sent to both houses at the same time by Eisenhower uh, and passed in record time and was was put into law because obviously, yeah, I mean this this sounded great. Now, at the time, it's it really is like an it's a it's a nationalist pension fund. I mean, it's managed the exact mm-hmm. same way as a pension. Folks pay into it, that money gets invested in a very specific way to Match up to future liabilities and the future obligations of the plan. Um, and the idea was we're going to create an entity that's going to do this on a national level. At the time, though, it was it was only intended to support the individuals paying into it, okay? So, if if me, Adam, pays into it, then Adam later gets the benefit. If Adam dies, the benefit stops. So like a lot of kind of programs like this, over time, the scope and the magnitude of of what it's intended to do, and what it's designed to do kind of grew. So not long, right? And putting the law in 35, well, by 39, you have amendments going into place where Um, that's kind of what instituted a a much more modern view of what we see social security today. So you started to see spousal benefits, uh, survivor benefits, Mm -hmm. dependent child benefits, and that's where you kind of start to see a little bit more. I think pretty quickly people started to notice like, Oh, okay. There's a lot of variables involved here that, you know, once a household becomes dependent on this income stream, if that person goes away, a lot of problems right and so um, it evolved quickly into kind of what we know today but it's just kind of interesting to kind of see what it was intended to be you know when it first went into law it's a much more bare bones kind of program.
0: Right so I guess that should lead us into who is actually eligible for for social security again just being simple just for just to be clear and Mm -hmm. make sure we have all ducks in a row so Ms. Shannon talk about uh, who is eligible for social security.
2: Right so well as Adam said if if you've paid into the program, you're eligible if you have what they call 40 credits and it's pretty easy to get 40 credits. You earn up to four credits a year. It's a credit's equal to a little over a thousand dollars, I think around $1,500. So if you make around $6,000 in a year, you'll get the four credits. Um, And so then uh, basically 10 years. So if you've worked 10 years, earning at least that amount of money you will have uh the credits and then you can draw social Se- social security income um additionally you know i mean there are spousal benefits so if you've earned it and you pass away then your wife can actually draw on your social security yep bet or your husband that's a survivor
0: or, yeah. benefit mm-hmm. uh
1: spousal or survivor different yeah, so spousal yeah. is essentially um, you're right who, who whichever spouse has paid more mm-hmm. into the into the program is gonna have a higher benefit obviously and oftentimes you know a, a quote-unquote traditional situation that you might find for a, at least a lot of baby boomer retirees is you might have one spouse working one spouse either worked part-time or stayed at home or didn't work as much as the mm-hmm. other spouse. And so they haven't paid into the program as much. So it becomes more advantageous to them to take their spousal benefit, which is up to half of the mm-hmm. the higher earning spouse's amount, as opposed to taking their own benefit. And that's typically what you would see. You would see one spouse take their own. And there were a lot of loopholes over the years, back in 20, I think it was 2015 or 2016, they kind of closed a lot of those loopholes to where now you mm-hmm. can only take your spousal if. That spouse has right. already begun their benefit. Really? So, in other words, yeah. So, you can't take their, you, you can't take your spousal benefit if your spouse hasn't started their benefit.
0: Oh, right. really? So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I wonder if my mom knows that. Cause as you guys know, my dad passed away before right. he started taking. So, I wonder if well, she, she even knows that. She's she definitely should. eligible for her survivor benefit. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I see.
1: Survivor benefits different than spousal. Yeah. Survivor is like the word intense, it's a mm-hmm. survivor benefit. Okay. So, she's entitled to not partially, she should be entitled to full, his full benefit. Oh, yep. Oh
2: yeah.
1: Okay. Depending on what age he was when he passed. And there are a couple of specifics, but. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Good Grateful those amendments were, were put in place. Yep. Now I will say there's, there's a graduated age and this is, a I think for anyone listening, if you don't know anything about social security and you, you don't intend to follow up and do your own research, this is probably one of the more important things you should remember mm-hmm. about social security. There is, a season of life in which you can take and at some point a season in which you must take your benefit starts around 62. So if you've paid into the program and you're eligible to receive benefits, you can take your benefit starting at age two. That's what we call an early benefit, early withdrawal. Um, Now, For doing that, you're gonna take a haircut, right? You're Mm -hmm. gonna take a lesser benefit than you would get if you waited for full retirement. That full retirement age, it's a window. It's anywhere from 66, I think, goes up to 67, Mm -hmm. maybe actually 65 for some folks, up to 67 based on when you were born. So Mm -hmm. there's like 10-year increments where if you were born in the earlier period, 65, and as you were born later and later, that age gets pushed back. No matter when your full retirement benefit is available to you, you can defer up to age 70. So whether mm-hmm. you're full retirement at 65 or 67, you can push it till 70. And every year you defer, you get an 8% increase in that benefit. So it's a really pretty powerful good return. Oh, yeah. it's a massive benefit because it's a guaranteed 8%. Now, any given year, 8% may be worse or better than the market, but a guaranteed 8% is pretty hard to pass up. Especially, and this is something we talk to our clients a lot about, especially right now, because we're in a pretty inflationary environment that income stream gets COLA adjustments. Mm -hmm. So as you move through time, as costs of goods go up, that income stream gets adjusted. So it's not only the 8% that you're getting per year to defer, but you're getting, you know, let's say over a four-year period, you're increasing your benefit by 32%. But then that higher benefit now becomes what is inflation adjusted.
2: Mm -hmm. So
1: it's this logarithmic increase over time that you're getting on that that income stream. So it's hugely powerful, but I think it's underappreciated. Um, and again, I will state, that's not to say that everyone should defer till 70. It isn't for everyone, mathematically. Mm-hmm. It, there are definitely cases where it is it, much more logical to take it at a different time. Right. But it's something to, you know, if you're working with an advisor or not, it's if you're in that window of time where you're looking at social security, it's absolutely a key mm-hmm. part of the equation, something you should, you should calculate before you do anything.
0: Now, can a layman figure that out on their own? Do you think, or does it always yeah. require a financial advisor to figure out when the best?
2: Absolutely, I think they can figure it, it out. Sure. You just really? have to. There's sometimes they use the break-even point as as a kind of thought process behind it, meaning that uh, basically, if you wait till age 70, they estimate the break-even point is about 12 years, where. What you're giving up, right? If you started at full retirement age at 67, say, Mm -hmm. uh, or if you didn't start, then you're giving up three years of income if you wait until you're 70. So what's the break-even point for you It's 12 years out. So if you... To earn back that three years that you gave up. So if you, um, you know, think you're going to live at least till age 82 then it's worth our 83 mm-hmm. it's worth your while to wait until 70. That's one rule Interesting. Time, you know, and it's always
1: hard, right? Cause we don't know the future. Yeah. So All obviously right. if you're, you know, if you've been diagnosed with a terminal disease, okay, well then deferring probably isn't the best idea. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a family history of you know heart disease or or a younger life expectancy, then probably doesn't make sense for you. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we're trying to predict the future here, so right. there's yeah. always that risk reward for folks, you know. And 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 for a lot of people, it's not a make or break proposition. It's no. not like well, you're going to be okay if you take it at 66. You won't be okay if you wait till 70, mm-hmm. or vice right. versa. But
2: some people may not afford to wait. Yeah,
1: you're always striving to maximize. Right. Yeah, yeah, some people can't, and that that's the vast so, yeah. majority of folks. They mm-hmm. they don't have the Because if you're retired, and to be clear, you can still get your benefits even if you're still working. It gets adjusted, but Mm -hmm. you don't technically have to be retired. But for the vast majority of people, you are retired. So if you retire and you, you know, don't have the assets to live on between, let's say, when you retire and deferral, well, okay. Mm -hmm. You don't have the bridge to get there, so you don't have that option. That's why, you know, it's it's so beneficial to... Again, do the things we talk about on Mm -hmm. a weekly basis around here to make sure you do have that bridge and give yourself at least the option to, to evaluate when you get there. Yeah.
2: And then there's, if you are married, then there's another strategy where your wife or your husband, whichever one earned the less amount Mm -hmm. over time, might can start at their full retirement age because then when they, when you start at 70, the higher wage earner, they can switch to the spousal benefit. Oh, cool. So why Mm -hmm. give up that three years or four years when you know you're going to increase your income with the spousal Mm -hmm. benefit? So,
1: yeah. And you can already tell, like, as we're talking, there's a lot of variables. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of factors to consider. So you can absolutely do it on your own. It's Mm -hmm. just just like investing. It's just going to take time and effort and research and Mm -hmm. energy. And if you're someone that likes that kind of thing, as I know Mm -hmm. there are a lot of people, then by all means, go for it. Um, But I also think that's why advisors exist is because we do this every day. Most advisors Mm -hmm. have programs they use that can analyze these different factors and, you know, run, do the math and run out the scenarios and say, okay, here's, if the goal is to maximize the amount of income you're likely to get from the program, given that you paid into it, you know, lean on your advisor for that, Mm -hmm. for sure. Any advisor worth their salt should be able to handle this for you.
0: So we talked about how it's calculated, um, but we didn't talk about how it's taxed. Ms. Janet. Oh, and it is taxed.
2: Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So this is one of the things back in the 80s when uh, they were there was concern that Social Security was going to run out. They made some changes. And one of them was they started taxing Social Security income. Yep. So if uh, two people married, earn what's the number? I'm looking for it here. I think it's 30-something thousand a year at least. You're going to be taxed on your combined uh, 32. income. 32. Your combined income, which includes social security. So basically anywhere from uh, 50 to 85% of your social security income could be taxed. So if you earn more than that. Yeah. So that's pretty, there's tables with that too. So you just said one of those things you'd have to figure out, is it worth it to you? Um, And if you have a lot of deferred, is what worth it? Sorry. To earn more income, uh, to have yeah, more yeah. income or whatever. But um, but then, yeah, because it's going to be taxed. If you have deferred income that you're using as well, you know, you're going to be taxed on that. And your Social mm-hmm. Security is going to be thrown in with that. So, yep. It's a lot of taxes. <laughs> I know. I taxes to, on the taxes, right? That's right. That's what it feels like. But
1: but I mean, you've paid along the way, right? So you, yeah. you, every every working person, you pay 6.2%. Of your income up to a limit. I think it's like 140 or 170K, something like that. Hmm. But up to that amount of income you're paying 6.2% and your employer's matching it. Hmm. So mm-hmm. 12.4% yeah. going into that plan every single paycheck.
0: Huh. I didn't think I realized that.
1: Yep. Self employment, you're paying both.
0: Oh, is that how that works? Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yep. So that's it's why a you sing- pay more.
1: It's a significant, never knew it's that. A significant amount mm-hmm. of money in the plan. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, And we can just kind of jump to this. Yep. It's, it's, it's a pay-as-you-go system, Uh right? That's, so the way it really works in practice, this is why. So early on when it first started, no benefits were paid out for like the first four years because there were no assets in, in the fund to be paid out. Yeah. So i found an interesting stat. So from 37 until 40, the, the social security benefits were paid in lump sums, like one time lump sums to anybody that paid into the program that initiated their benefit. Uh-huh. Now, to give you a sense for how small these benefits were, the average lump sum paid out during that three year window was $58 and six cents.
0: <laughs> but what is that Now, in- to,
1: to be fair, you, you haven't paid into it very much, mm-hmm. but, and again, inflation, obviously that was a very different amount of money back then. But at the end of the day, it's 58 bucks. Yeah. You can imagine going, oh, great. This is what the system did for <laughs> me is $58. Now, obviously it's changed. And I think in 1940s when it moved to a monthly benefit system. Um, But it it largely is a pay-as-you-go program. So what that means is the benefits going out today are funded by taxes being paid in today. So the workforce today is funding the retirees' income for today. Now, why does that matter? That's a really important kind of fun fact, I guess. because. As you might know, we've probably talked about this before, and I've mentioned this book before, but I'm going to keep mentioning it. I read a book years ago called The Great Crash Ahead, and I'll need to. I'll look up the author while we're sitting here talking so I can credit him. But this book was really interesting because it talks about, it's, it's only about demographic data and the impact of demographics on markets. And it's one of the few variables that actually, if you plot demogra- uh, demographic and population growth and shrinkage over time, it actually plots very closely to market growth and shrinkage over time. So the issue we're running into today we just did a podcast about Elon Musk. He's been really renowned for his stance on the falling birth rate and what a crisis that is. Mm-hmm. While this is one kind of little area where we can see that come to fruition is that the generation coming up behind the baby boomer generation is smaller, just in absolute numbers, it's less people. Now, what does that mean? Well, if it's a page ego system, You have fewer people paying in than did before them. So now you have this growing retiree population. The number of people trying to pull benefits is growing at a faster rate than the people that are paying into the system. Crazy. So last year, 2021, was the Mm -hmm. first year that income was less than obligations. So the money going out was greater than the money coming in. Now, that's not the end of the world because they thought about this. There are two trusts that were set up at, at the outset that were there to basically accrue surplus. So those trusts have been growing from the initiation Mm -hmm. of the program at 35 through last year, but last year we had to draw down on that trust. Mm -hmm. So they've run the numbers and at the current rate, we're looking at, it depends on where you go, you you can find different numbers, but it's somewhere around 20, 2033, 2034, that at the current rate, those trusts will be exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I mean, and we get these questions all the time. This is a common question mm-hmm. when people talk about defer. Well, should I defer? I mean, if it goes away, what should I? Right. You know, yeah. why? Why would I wait? Um, and so it's an interesting kind of kind of thought exercise. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we do about that? And right. there's, there's there's a lot of options in front of us. And I don't think I don't think panic is the right response, but it is an interesting you know thought exercise. So, okay, well, how as a as a country as a society should we address this? Because it's very clear. I mean, there's no getting around fact that we have fewer people coming up. Now, yeah. I do think production can still go up, right? So the amount of production per individual, that ratio has increased over time and and if that trend continues then it's not as dire as it may look. So GDP isn't solely tied to the size of your population, but they're certainly correlated. And so um mm. I just think it's kind of an interesting question to kind of bat around is okay. Well, what do we do? What what do we do in light of that?
0: Well, and as Ms. Janet and you both pointed out, there will be probably some policy changes coming up too, to help.
2: Most likely. Mitigate I mean, I'm, we can't say for sure, but what the government's going to do, but I believe that the, they will make some changes to the program to offset the, the deficit that they see is coming. Right. Yep. I mean, it could be a variety of things. It could be, they increase the uh, percent of tax, you know, uh, yep. increase that, that would be hit the employer and the employee. Right. So um, they could also increase the wage base right now. They only tax up to about 140 K somewhere around there. So the wage earners that earn more than that get a break after Mm 140,000. They could increase that uh, base there and, and collect some tax a broader range of income. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They could, could be a reduction in benefits that Adam mentioned. They could reduce the amount of uh, benefits that you'll receive. Um, they could change the way they invest it. Right now they're forced to invest it by law. They have to invest it in certain treasury um, securities that have a return of about two and a half percent, I think. Yep. So, you know, if they <laughs> invested the way we try to invest for ourselves or the way that yeah. we try to invest for our clients, they would have a higher return than that, but there's more risk. So they, you know, that's a little more challenging. Yeah, for there's them a long to, list
1: of pension plans that have gone to go down, down that, down route that. Yeah. Hasn't worked so, out. But I mean, and that's, you know, that's why when we talk about rising interest rates. People, I think the average person, if you ask them rising interest rates, good or bad, I right. think the average person can go bad yeah. because mm-hmm. they just hear the news and they go, right. Oh, well, you know inflation's bad and and markets are dropping and bad 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 it's like mm-hmm. well there's a lot of knock-on effects to cheap money mm-hmm. one of those is that every year rates are low social security f- falls further and further right. behind to being fully funded right. because when they set this up and they wrote into the law that this money must be invested in u.s treasuries u.s securities government securities they never intended you know they, it never crossed their mind that the return would be less than two percent for years on end yeah I mean, mm-hmm. they assumed some reasonable rate of return where they could calculate that growth over time mm-hmm. at a higher rate. And so rising interest rates is addressing a much broader swath of issues than just inflation, inflation correct. And, and just, you know, cheap money. Um, I, I do think, I mean, it's important to note when when we say that the trust funds that back Social Security, when we say they're going to be depleted, that doesn't mean benefits go to zero. We're not mm-hmm. paying all out of that. If If they went to zero today, and again, depends on the source you go to, but it's between 73 to 77%. So if all trust funds were exhausted today and we could only pay out benefits based on current taxation rates and based on current pay into the program, then all benefits would be slashed from between like 23 and 27%. So it's not that your benefit would go away, but yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised how many Americans rely on Social Security for over half of their income, in some cases yeah. over 90% of their income. It's a big percentage. Wow. i, I don't remember off the top of my head but it's a lot of people yeah so you cut that benefit that's a problem yeah so it really is going to be interesting and i think this is where we as citizens like make your voice heard like what yeah. do you want to happen right and that's this is why voting still right. matters because these people in positions of power like they're making real decisions that impact mm-hmm. you on a in a real real way
2: yeah yeah um Yeah, I've even heard that they're looking at the possibility of of reducing the uh, benefit to the wealthy. I mean, if you have a lot of of other sources of assets besides your Social Security income, yours could be reduced, whereas those who don't have that would not be reduced. So, I mean, there's there's all kinds of... Yeah, but
1: you could argue those people paid into it. I know,
2: that won't go over very well, but that's one of the things on the table. Yeah, it's one of those
1: interesting kind of crossover points where it's not just a simple, like this is not a finance question. There's a lot of there's an ethics component. Mm -hmm. There's a so Mm -hmm. what is best for your fellow man, right? Like how do you how do you parse this out? And I'm certainly not, you know, the guy to answer that question. But I think it's something as an advisor and as investors, you need to be aware of because that horizon, no one knows the future, but that horizon, we need to be aware of that to make the best informed decision we can today, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just to tilt the odds in our favor. So if you're asking me, which you're not, but, you know, everything (laughs) I read and and I just think logically, like this makes the most sense to me is that these, these elected officials that are in charge of making this decision. I mean, you look at like voting demographics and overwhelmingly, you're much more likely to vote if you're over the age of 65 than if you're under overwhelmingly. So you look at, okay, well, a really influential part of whether you're, right or left, an overwhelming part of your voting base is going to be affected by any decisions you mm, make regarding yeah. social security. Well, so that's why they probably won't do anything about exactly. it until so what, closer to. Well, until, until they absolutely have yeah. to. <laughs> um, and when they do, they're going to try to minimally affect that, that So, In other words, I don't see the current retiree base being the most affected mm-hmm. by any changes. Correct. Right. If anything, I think they're going to go, sorry, young bloods, Yeah, you're going to get taxed mm-hmm. and just get on over it. Um, and I'm not even saying that's wrong. I mean, I, I truly, I mean, I kind of get that logic. I mean, I certainly, I have grandparents and I have, you know, parents that are approaching retirement and are going to be relying on that. So I don't want to see them suffer. Um, but that to me, and I, I certainly think it will be a graduated scale, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the other issues you have is, you know, in 1935, I looked it up and Janet actually, well, you corrected me on current life expectancies. Mm-hmm. I had a lower number, which kind of exacerbates this problem. But life expectancies at the time um, for a male was 59.9 years. Oh, wow. Yep. And for a female was 63.9. I didn't realize it was that low. Right. So the, the average person wasn't even making it. Wow. To benefits time.
0: Wow. Did not know that.
1: Now, part of that is, like, you hear this all the time. Like, well, people say how bad the world is. and. A common response to that will be, well, you know, back then the average life expectancy was 28. So, you know, life's way better now. and
0: <laughs> no, it's the mortality rate.
2: But it is the mortality a lot rate.
0: Of, a lot of
1: infant deaths. A lot of yeah. infant deaths, yeah. Yeah. for
2: sure. And that
1: was still true back mm-hmm. then. So if you made it Makes through sense. past a certain age, yeah, you, you were still likely to get into your 60s and oftentimes 70s. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you had fewer people getting to that point. Right. So as life expectancies, what numbers did you have, Janet? Because I think I had lower numbers.
2: I had eighty four and eighty seven. So eighty four for males, yeah. eighty seven. We're gonna go with her because that's females. from the social
1: security administration. Oh wow. Yeah. So. I had some actual data that was a little different, but that I mean, in either case, it's much longer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my numbers were What did I have? I thought it was 80. I had 79 and 82. That's what I thought it was. Mm -hmm. In any case, it's a lot longer than the Social Security Administration ever planned for. Yeah. So you have a lot of people in the program. You have these people Mm -hmm. needing benefits for a lot longer than anyone ever intended. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we just have to acknowledge, like, there's a structural issue here. And I
0: think... Don't you think the Fed should have anticipated it? I mean, we've been getting older long, I mean, every single year. I mean, this feels like, oh, surprise, people are living longer. I don't think
1: human being... Well, Janet, you go ahead. I have
2: my thoughts, but well, that they should have anticipated it was that the question. Yeah, twenty three. Well, I'm sure they did, but mm-hmm. you know we're in a cycle of how the program was set up, and, and it's just a matter of how much legislation are they going to impose mm-hmm. uh, to make the changes needed to do that, and they're just kicking the can down the road. So, so it's politics. Um, yeah, what you're saying. I mean, oh, yeah. I think
1: I think it's it's important to acknowledge no matter whether you're right or left. And I I hate that these things become political. Like I really Mm -hmm. think it should just be a logical conversation. What is the best path Mm -hmm. for that that negatively impacts the fewest number of people? And I know that's not a simple question to answer, Mm -hmm. but I think no matter where you come from or what side you're on, it's important to acknowledge the social security, I mean, it's done a lot of good. Like Mm -hmm. it it has largely worked. I think that's fair to say. Is it perfect? No, nothing's ever perfect in life because we're all human beings. Mm But I think if, if you laid out said, you know, let's just say we're, we're approaching a hundred years into the program, Mm a hundred years of giving people like a baseline level of income in their retirement, that's pretty darn Mm -hmm. good. So the fact that needs to be tweaked should not surprise anybody. And I don't think it's reason for panic. I think we are, we as a market, we as an economy, Mm -hmm. we as a society are very resilient. We will adjust and we'll find a path forward. But I think it's, just good to be aware that that's on the horizon something we're going to need to address it is
2: and i think back in the 80s when this was a big deal back then as well that oh it's going to run out you know that impacted me and i started thinking man i gotta start saving more for my retirement because there's not going to be any social security so it's not bad to have a little bit of understanding that there is the possibility we don't know for sure that your benefit could be reduced are way out into the future. It, they could change the whole program, but uh, so take care of business for yourself. That's right. And then this is just icing on the cake. Right. Right. That's
1: right. Man, what a good point. Didn't even cross my mind. I love it. I hate (laughs) that. I didn't think of it because that is like such a thing that I would support, but it's a great point. So yeah, that's the takeaway, especially if you're younger. Our retirees Mm -hmm. that are
2: retiring now, there's, we don't have angst about their social security income and we're trying to help them plan out well into their eighties or nineties. Uh, that longe- longevity risk mm-hmm. is a real thing. Very and that's another so. reason to delay your social security if you can, mm-hmm. because if you do live into your nineties or say you're the higher wage earner and you pass away and your wife lives into her nineties, then she's going to get that delayed amount which is going to support her better mm-hmm. in that uh in her 90s then yeah, that's if that's took really it big at 62, factor is the, yeah. the
1: age discrepancy between spouses is also really important yeah. So, um yeah i think i mean and I, the most common thing we get is well i don't want to defer because it's not going to be funded for very long so mm-hmm. turn on the faucet now i'll get as much as i can it's like well no one ever said it's going to end and everything that you read from any source Mm -hmm. whatsoever is Mm -hmm. adamant it's not going to end it's too important to too many people in this country like you'd have home you would have droves of homeless people so especially utterly homeless people it's Mm -hmm. it's not going to go away may it be reduced possibly so i can make a really good argument that the best defense is to delay so that when it is reduced us it's it's a reduction of a bigger number So the end result Mm -hmm. is that you still have a much healthier benefit than you would have if you reduced, you know, your normal or even worst case early retirement. number. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there's there's not a one size fits all solution, certainly to the overarching problem of, Hey, it's going to be, these trusts Mm -hmm. are going to be depleted soon, unless something massively changes between now and then. Um, I think all we can do as as advisors and individuals is to educate ourselves on what are the levers we have at our disposal mm-hmm. to pull? How can we manipulate the situation to the best of our advantage? Um, and then to Janet's point, man, if you're young today, pl- <laughs> like we always say with our clients, plan for the worst, hope mm-hmm. for the best. Yep. Right? right. Just assume. Just assume you're not going to be able to rely on anybody, mm-hmm. and that will inform better decisions today.
2: Well, and that's the same with deciding whether or not you're going to delay, what's the worst thing that can happen to you? So you as an individual, you have an idea. Maybe as Adam said, you have health concerns. So you know that you may Mm -hmm. not live well into your nineties. If you don't have health concerns, then that is the worst possible scenario for you is that you're going to run out of money. So we want to focus on that and try to help you not run, run out of money if you live to be, hundred years old right so
0: yep and a great way to sort through all of this is to talk to your financial advisor with which hopefully you have one here as always sure as
1: always (laughs) yeah i mean this is a i think something that we're passionate about and something that i mean it's such a it's such an important part of everyone's financial picture that you need to spend some time thinking about it planning around it Mm -hmm. Um, because i mean to be clear it can it can impact your your portfolio decision, to can impact your investment decisions yeah. so um just a really important kind of piece of the picture for right. for any american so we want to spend some time talking about it it's not the most exciting thing mm-hmm. in the world but it's certainly important yeah and yep. if you
2: are a client of ours we we can run the numbers for you and help you come up with what's the the optimal time for you to take your social security certainly so
1: absolutely absolutely
0: perfect
2: Anything.
1: Jared, do you have any other questions about Social Security? Would you be able to file for Social Security today based on that conversation? Yes. With some level of confidence.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely.
1: Then our work here is done. And then if I we will. we can help Jared, everyone else is 10 <laughs> steps ahead. Honestly, unha- I'm you, unhelpable. You
2: can't file for Social Security yet. You're too young. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. I guess I learned nothing. <laughs> but maybe you could can could help
2: he? your the- mom.
1: Theoretically, could he? Nice could George, by the way. I have some just like that. Fish. Those are nice.
0: This is from Express.
1: I like they uh, have a little little turn up at the end. Mine are just cut, so they're a little, little loose hem at the bottom. Yeah. But georges are back,
2: man. Yeah. Dude. They're
1: back. Yeah, yeah that I'm... was
2: definitely, what, an 80s, 90s thing. Are huh? you
0: serious? It's now a 2020s thing. Yeah. It's back. Yeah, I'm into it. I cannot get out of the dress. I remember I cutting either, my
2: dude. jeans off back in the... You couldn't? I think the 90s, the late 80s, early 90s. Oh,
1: my mom used to cut my jeans all the time. Are you serious? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I grew up. I mean, I was a tall kid, so I would just grow and
0: she just put it That's, that's funny. <laughs> and I got some shorts for the summer. And I thought it was the best. That's genius. Like, sweet. And these are stretched, too. Yeah. They're so comfortable. What are those? Express? Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, they make so, what
2: shirts. I like is his shirt. Do you know what his shirt means?
1: For everyone listening, Jared is wearing a shirt that has what looks like a Christmas tree. It's not a Christmas tree, but it's that kind of tree. A pine tree. It's a pine tree. And then it says an appeal to heaven. And I have to say, I don't, is it a music reference? No, Miss Janet,
2: explain it. Jared. No, Miss Janet, you do the honors. Come I just, on, I just no. explained it. Okay. Go for it. I can explain it, but you can do a better job.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can probably do a better job. Just someone tell me. <laughs> You're teasing so this, me. this is the first American flag actually. So whenever, before we were a country, a, a, an official country, Before we had anything, the very first design for the American flag was this shirt. Now there is no drawings. Really, there is no pictures. There's no drawings. There's only written descriptions of what this looked like, and they described a pine tree or some kind of American tree on the bottom, and then the words "An Appeal to Heaven" across it, across a white flag, and that's what people flew when they first. So they
1: they said it was a white background.
0: Yeah. It was a white flag and that that's was, that was awesome. the first American American flag is this. And
1: that's like the most Jared thing
0: ever. And I just, I wear, and I just wear it around hoping people ask. That's act. awesome, man. That's I love I that. I love
1: that little I tip. Too, I had no idea. I yeah. didn't know either. You can look it up. What yeah. does that mean An appeal to heaven? What is the idea?
0: I think the idea is.
1: <laughs> like in God we trust in different words.
0: Yeah. Well, like we're doing the right thing as opposed to these other governments who are doing a terrible thing. We're appealing to God by the way that we are like we are doing it right now it's so gave, sick gave me chills yeah
2: for the people that gave me chills
0: <laughs> and these are just ragtag dudes and they they were so inspired by this idea and, and i love it i love it that is amazing i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna where'd you get that i'm gonna order one literally amazon for like ten dollars i'm ordering one Ordered today one. that's it's awesome sick. yeah god bless america
2: amen I
1: guess go for I did. it go for it I that's I all right that's i'll all cut right. it out <laughs> that's all right well cool All right. I enjoyed it, guys. This was good. It was good. Um, Yeah. Subscribe to us, whether it's on Spotify, Apple, soon to be YouTube. Holler. Yeah. Find us on social media. Uh, We're active there. We got a lot of good stuff coming the rest of the year. We spent some time over the last couple of weeks mapping out the content that we're going to have coming up so we're really excited got a lot of good stuff coming a lot of interesting people um we're going to broaden the broaden the roster a little bit and bring in some other folks that i think have a lot to offer so if you enjoyed this
0: and follow along with us we're having a good time shannon i
2: agree 100 percent. good
0: job adam (laughs) all right we will see you then can't wait thanks jared all right thanks guys If you have any questions for Adam or Janet, please email us at podcast at assetbuilder.com. This podcast is intended for educational purposes only and is not to be construed as an offer, solicitation, recommendation, or endorsement of any particular security, product, or service. For more information, visit assetbuilder.com.